Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And uh, I'm here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you. Uh, we are continuing on the home stretch here on our Compelled by Grace series, where we are unpacking the 13 kingdom secrets that are found in, in the book Compelled by Grace that Rocky wrote. As a The book was written actually to be a, kind of a follow-up to the journey after a group of guys will go through the journey and uh, a lot of times guys are like, they want to hang together a little longer before they start their next season of journey groups. And this is a way for them to keep talking about principles from scripture right. and abiding and all that. So, uh, so yeah. So anyway, um, today's secret Rocky is, uh, the secret of divine illumination. So, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what that, what that means and we'll, we'll bring it into the story, sure. the Gabe story and in, in compelled by grace. Let me read the, let me read the definition. The secret of divine illumination. Light overcomes darkness. In the physical world, we know that light dispels darkness, as evidenced by a light being turned on in a dark room. In the spiritual realm, the same principle applies, as God's light will expose the darkness of evil. There will come a time in the life of God's champion when he or she will face an evil that will be conquered only one way. We must rely on God's defense and his divine illumination to expose the deeds of darkness. Therefore, stand firm and patiently trust the King of Kings to eventually bring his light into the situation. Mm. So as soon as I read that, there's got to be someone listening here who feels like they're in a dark situation. Well, it's very relevant today, actually, oh. with you know our society. Uh, there's, a, in my opinion, evil has been unleashed. And everywhere you look, it's bad news. Mm -hmm. Violence. I mean, violence like crazy. Yeah. Road rage, uh, burnings, uh, mobs, uh, beatings, uh, elderly people being beaten, mm -hmm. uh, racist uh, issues that are going on, that are pe people are being attacked because they're Asian or because they're white or because they're black. You know, it's there's just a evil that has been unleashed. <clears throat> and honestly, uh, it's dark. Mm -hmm. It's a darkness there. And, uh, and I think it's very relevant today that uh, this is where the body of Christ has got to rely on the strength of God to bring divine illumination, mm -hmm. which is where the story went. Well, yeah, I'm thinking to myself that I don't think anyone would argue with when, when you say the days are dark mm -hmm. and that evil's been unleashed. I don't think too many people would argue with that. I mean, even non-believers, I don't think people would argue that something's not right yeah. here. It is really dark. And depend doesn't even matter which side you are on a different issue. Um, there's just unrest and chaos and all that. But the different where people would differ is what, what do you do about it? Or how do you find your hope? Or how do you deal? How do you process it in your brain? And I think that's different. Well, it, I can testify in my own personal uh, life that uh, there was a time that, that if I had the opportunity to take someone's life, I would have. When uh, my, my family was attacked by darkness, by people that, uh, a fact that in fact, uh, shot guns uh, into our home. And mm -hmm. this is an another story. It has, to, it has to do back in 1967 when, when uh, there were t was turmoil in our 
little town of Laurel, Mississippi, about a big strike that was going on in Masonite, and my father worked there. And the same uh, men who were also leading the white supremacist movement down there were also leading the, the Union. Mm. And uh, so we saw what they did uh, to people of their own race. So it has nothing to do with race, it had to do with uh, evil. Mm. And, uh, and that was a hard time for us, and that's where we got on our knees and had to begin to see, uh, if, see if God would shed his divine illumination on the situation, and he did. And since that time, I have seen evil knocking on my door in many ways. Now, at that particular time, it was knocking on my door because that was a time that had I not been prevented, I could have done something really bad to the people who did that if I had caught up with them. Mm. But that's where I was then. And, and I thank God that I, I did not have that opportunity because as I grew older uh, in life and in also in the Lord and began to look at things in a, in a spirit of wisdom that he gives, I've come to understand that it was not the evil person that shot into the house. It was the evil behind the person mm. that shot in the house. Mm. That's where we have to separate what's going on out here now. Because there are a lot of people under the influence of evil. And the people that who are under the influence of light, we have an action plan. Has prayer as part of it, uh, waiting on the Lord, waiting on Him to divinely illuminate what's going on. And right now, I think that's the thing that we need to understand, that God is neither disinterested nor is He out of control mm. of all this stuff that we're seeing around us that is such a threat. Mm. He is very interested in it. But I do believe he wants us to learn some things. I think that there's a divine illumination that we in the body of Christ has got to see that why God would allow things like what's going on right now. Why would he allow that? Could it be so that we will press closer to him? So that we will cry out to him? Could it be so that we can be a light to a dark world? I kind of think so. Mm. I know I feel like uh, some of the stuff that's been going on lately, it feels like the Old Testament to me, like some of the things that are going on with rumors of wars and, you know, people, it, there's wars all over the world right now, you know, and then earthquakes and things going on, just all this chaos and darkness like you read about in the Old Testament. And, 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 and you know, the, God's servants didn't know what to do. A lot of times they said, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you, Lord. I mean, they were, they were up, up against the wall. And, and sometimes... Uh, the message from the prophets to them was, you do not need to fight this battle. The Lord will fight it for you. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of the New Testament as well, <laughs> because I think it's very prophetic. Yeah. I, I do believe that the things that are going on right now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not convinced that we'll cycle out of this. I think that in the past people have said, you know, that, hey, we must be in the end times and and they said that about Hitler and then World War One, World War Two. you know, I mean, Saddam Hussein. I mean, it's there's always been an evil character that people have tried to point to that there's the evil man, you know. And, and then they will say, but it cycled out and, you know, and it turned out that it was not that. And therefore, if we ever think that way, we get a little bit ashamed, you know, ashamed. You shouldn't be thinking that way. You need to keep our head in the 
in the world as it is. And, and honestly, I think I get my head better in the world as it is when I look at the world through a biblical grid. Mm -hmm. and, and a biblical worldview helps me understand that a lot of the things that we are seeing and, expect, and experiencing have, were prophesied mm. and, and are to be expected. Now, some people say, well, we'll cycle out of it and it'll just spin back to normal, this, that, and the other. I'd love that to happen, Brian, but I don't think it's going to spin back to normal. I don't. I think there's going to be a new norm. And I think the new normal is where Christians are going to really have to rely heavily on the Lord, big time, mm. as never before. Yeah, we, we were talking with our board about an upcoming event and should we postpone? And one of the guys on our board said, you know, in six months from now, it's probably not going to be any better. You know, I think we just need to we just need to buckle down and just go live with what's in front of us and not always keep pushing things back. Almost as if the devil would love for us to just put off dealing with things to the future, keep yeah. pushing things ahead and and God's saying, No, let's just deal with today and what we got yeah. today and live by faith today. So Well that was one of the one of the other things that we came up with and we had to go back to our purpose as a ministry. And we've been raised up to to uh, nurture people's souls. Mm-hmm. To nurture a man and woman into intimacy with Christ and thereby nurturing their souls with that divine connection. But we've never been called to nurture their physical bodies. I mean, that's, we're not doctors. Yeah. You know, we can't predict anything and we certainly can't try to protect something that we don't understand. But the thing that we understand, our call, is to nurture their souls. That's where we're going to focus. Yeah. And, uh, and we, we're going to, Pray that people will use their own discretion and intelligence about what they feel comfortable with exposing themselves to. And seek the Lord. Seek the Lord on it, like we, we are. Just yeah. like we are. That's right. <clears throat> Do individually and collectively. That's right. Well, um, so back to the secret of divine illumination in, in the, the little workbook that you put together for the book. Uh, you got a couple scriptures on this particular one uh, out of Psalm 37. Uh, in five and six, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause, like the noonday sun. Hmm. Um, and then uh, there's another one too, a few chapter, a few verses later, uh, seven and eight, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices, Refrain from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. <laughs> don't join it. Yeah, don't join in. Yeah. Um, a couple more here. Matthew five forty four. <clears throat> Jesus says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah, that, yeah there you go. And the last one is Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Yeah, sounds like divine illumination to me, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Trusting in Him, uh, not thinking the way the world does, uh, not retaliating, yeah. not letting our hearts go to anger. Because you're right, when when it gets personal with us, uh, a lot of men just they start standing their ground. When, you know, especially if you feel like your family's being threatened, or even against a disease or something that's coming mm -hmm. at your family. I mean, people get angry, we're ready to fight. You know. You know, the, 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 the passage about uh, your words, a lamp to my feet and light to my path. Yeah. I, I really thought that through. And uh, in both instances, it's an illumination, right? Yeah. Lamp to your feet, light to your path. And, and, and when, I, when I came to 
see and embrace about that passage is how God's word, and God's word, by the way, is not only the written word, but the incarnate word, and that's Jesus Christ, who his spirit lives within us. Mm. Uh, how, how it illuminates my path and also my feet. Because it's important if we know what the path is, and the second thing is if are our feet on that path. Mm. Because you see, we can correct ourselves if we're off the path, right? If we see the path and we see where the path is, then and our feet are off that path, then this is where we get back on. Now, the good thing about God's forgiveness, that he will grant forgiveness if we confess our sins, mm -hmm. repent and confess them, he'll restore us to the path. Yeah. Um, but if we, if we don't see where our feet are, if we, if we don't let the word of God divinely illuminate my life and where I am and the choices I'm making right now and where I'm headed, if we don't let the, 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 the Lord's word permeate us and redirect us back to the right path, then we will begin to walk away from that path and it'll get further and further and further away. Mm. And then when it gets to a point where it seems like we're now desperate because we got so far away. Mm. And yet, even the lamp and the light, if you think about this, it's a very small illumination. You, you see your feet where they, they are on the path that's right below you. Mm -hmm. And you got a, a, a light that goes down the path just a little bit. Yeah. Doesn't show you the whole journey, does it? Right. It shows you just a little bit ahead. Now, why do you think that's, it's that way? Because I think it's because God wants us to always be living by faith. Yeah. There's nothing going to be predictable about the future. Yeah except that God has it in his hands. And, and we would try to take shortcuts if we knew too far ahead, right? Or jump off the path. <laughs> or just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know a better way. <laughs> or I don't want to face that. Yeah, yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, if it was going to be hard, we would, we'd avoid it. Yeah. And, but, but again, here's the good thing about our king. He nurtures us on the path. Yeah. And as he nurtures us on the path, he nurtures our courage and our strength in him, our our trust in him. And that gives us the courage to continue to go on a path that seems very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. He trains us up. He has discipled us. So he, we take baby steps in the beginning, but later on we're taking giant steps. Mm -hmm. um, but he, we had to be developed. And that's what he's into is developing us. Yeah. And if we're not abiding in Christ, if we're not seeking him, our light's not going to, we're not going to see the light very bright. I, I mean, I don't think. I don't think so either, because you've got to learn his voice and you've got to you got to connect some dots. And, you know, there is a wisdom that we gain from this world. It's called worldly wisdom. And then we have a divine wisdom of wisdom from above that's given to us only from the Lord. Mm -hmm. And this is the wisdom of the creator. This is the wisdom who designed mankind, the wisdom who formed us in our mother's womb. The wisdom that knows you and me better than we know ourselves, better than anybody else knows us. He knows us that way. Mm. And if we would uh, allow that wisdom to teach us about life, just think of the benefit that would have for us and all the people around us. Yeah. Well, um, 
back to the story, you dramatize this through the ga- through the life of Gabe, mm-hmm. and everyone loves Gabe and the journey of the inner chamber. Well, and compelled by grace, I don't want to ruin the story for everybody, but uh, he ends up in a very difficult situation. There's yeah. some people that hate him, and they want to take him down. And, and uh, he's he's got to do, he's got to figure he's got to show well he he already knows how he's going to deal with it yeah. but there's a young pastor who's watching right and learning from him so talk a little bit about that well uh, the storyline is this is that when during the inner chamber the narrator was getting to know Gabe Gabe was in his eighties at that time right and so uh, compelled by grace is going back in time yeah with Gabe in the valley. And yeah. this would this would be a location of about a time when he was probably in his forties, late forties, mm-hmm. maybe fifty, fifty mm-hmm. something. And and so it, this would be where Gabe is probably going through the greatest challenges of his life. Like most people that age, he has wife, he has children, he has to make a living, right? Mm-hmm. In his particular situation, he was a subsistent farmer, had to live off the land, live off what he could earn what he could make, what he could grow. And so it was a situation that he basically found himself to be one of a great benefactor, a beneficiary of what God did for him in in that troubled time because God kept his crops really growing when no one else did. But then he was challenged by God to be a benefactor, and that is to be generous Mm -hmm. and to use that as an opportunity to help other people. And so uh, it was in that situation that Pastor Nate uh, came to know Gabe, that he, it was a secret. Gabe didn't want it out. He didn't want anybody to know what he was doing. This is where the scripture talks about, don't, don't, don't let the right hand know what the left hand's doing. Yeah. And, uh, but um, that secret was revealed and Pastor Nate wanted to know this amazing man that was doing such a thing as he was doing. And that's when he got to know Gabe. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in the storyline, you have a, a, a situation there where uh, there's a jealous landowner in a nearby valley that wanted that land. He'd been trying to buy it from Gabe, and Gabe turned him down. He says, you know, he's had it in his family for years. Yeah. His grandfather built, you know, the lodge. His father helped him build it. And I mean, all of the stuff that's there. And um, so it was a family farm, and it was uh, not to be. It was not sellable. He was not. He would not sell it. And so the ruthless landowner came after him by false rumors that his uh, great crops was because of evil, mm-hmm. because of a pact with the devil, mm-hmm. stuff like that. All kind of vicious rumors that were purposely gotten out there to try to turn people against Gabe. Now, let's stop real quick. Let's talk about that. Isn't that the way slander works? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the way gossip works, is that it's you? It's an effort to try to undermine or hurt somebody but kind of stay in the shadows mm-hmm. so nobody will see us do it? And, um, you know, there are two two people here, one that's doing that and the other that's receiving that. And uh, if you've ever been on the receiving end of it, then your your initial reaction is to defend yourself, right? Uh, I've got to defend my reputation. I've got to correct this thing. I've got to make sure this thing doesn't get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a situation, oftentimes the Lord says, 
do nothing. Wait on me. Mm. Let me declare your innocence. That's what Psalms 37 was talking about. Mm. Don't seek revenge. Don't seek your own defense. Wait on me. Let me bring my divine illumination here. Mm. And uh, and that was the situation that was happening there with Gabe. Pastor Nate was like so many of us who just said, well, they're coming, they're going to get us, and it's going to be bad, and so we got to do something about it. And Gabe said, we are going to do something about it. We're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to illuminate the truth. Mm. And so that's the storyline right there. Yeah, and there's a little uh, there's a little quote out of the book where it says, uh, Gabe looked at Nate and winked, and he said, he said he whispered to him, "A little light is starting to shine on the situation, and the motive behind the lie is showing up." Nate, we're seeing a divine illumination. Watch where the Lord takes it. Yeah, and that was where some of the truth started coming. Gabe just calmly, you know, talked to them a little bit, and start they started realizing yeah. things weren't the way that it was portrayed to them. Yeah. So yeah, and and again, you know, it took one, it took faith on Gabe's part. Yeah. To see the reality of it, even though he could not see it presently. Yeah. But he could see the reality of it happening somehow because of his faith. Yeah. And that's what um, had the, the passage that, that speaks, it gives a definition about what faith is. Sure, it's the things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, he, uh, he, uh, he was praying about it. He was expecting it to happen, but he just didn't know how it was going to happen. But he felt like it would happen. And, and let's take that into our particular prayer life. Do, do we see things with the eyes of our soul, which is faith, or do we see things with the eyes of our body, which are minor blue, yours are brown? So that's the way we see things most of the time, which is... If I see it and hold it, it's reality. Mm-hmm. But faith says, I don't have to see it. I don't have to hold it. But by faith, it is reality that will come. Yeah. And are we willing to put it at risk? It's always that way, right? I mean, Gabe was Gabe was prepared. If it went south, he might get beat up, could be killed. Mm-hmm. And he was willing to put it to risk. And that's historical. That's theological. That happened to three young men in Babylon. Yeah, that's right. That were threatened. They didn't worship the, an idol or worship the king that, or an image of him, but they would be thrown in the fire. Mm. And they said, hey, if our God wants to save us, he will. If he doesn't, well, we're still not going to bow down to you. Mm-hmm. And God saved them. And I think, honestly, Brian, I read in the Bible that most people who saw a, a, a great work happen but with God had to get to a point where they didn't try to weasel out of it. That they basically said, whatever you want, mm. but I'm going to serve you. I'm not going to bow my knee to idols or other things. And, and even in present day, I feel that. I feel that we have to get to the point where we don't look at the strategy of mankind or the strategy of government or the strategy of freebies. We look at the strategy of the Holy Spirit who has a plan for us and is is willing to enter into wherever we are in the situation. And we have to wait on him. We have to trust him. But when we do that, somehow, some way, he always brings a divine illumination that turns things. Mm -hmm. It reveals things. It reveals things in ourselves. 
things that we we're embracing some darkness in our own life, and he reveals it, and we can abandon it. Right. It might uh, it might reveal the lack of faith that we have. He's saying you've got to trust me more because I want your faith to grow. And he allowed trial to come into our life so that we will be nurtured and made into men and women after his own heart. Difficult times. Requires personal abandonment, absolute trust. It requires waiting on the Lord. But if we will wait on him, he will come and show himself to be true. You know, I, I think we don't have time to get into it, but I would say every man on our staff the influencer staff that, that is our regional directors and you and I have gone through some sort of testing, a sifting that really where God showed up, you know, in the middle of some dark circumstances and, you know, it could be a false accusation, could be a financial trial, could be a health trial. We've had a lot of stuff that guys have faced and God's light has shown through it all. Yeah. Well, it was a divine preparation. Yeah, that's right. That, that we've all gone through that was preparing us for what we're doing now. Yeah. And, I, and I've always said this. You've heard me say it too many times, I'm sure, but, but uh, experience trumps theory. Yeah. And I think that we had to experience the truth of God's work in our life in our, in, in, in our most difficult times in our life. He came through. He blessed us. He lifted our heads. He, he declared our innocence. He, he showed us light on the darkness. We had to experience that. Brian, to be able to do what we do. Otherwise, we'll just be talking theory. Yeah. I feel like one time he said to me, Brian, if you're going to lead a ministry that talks about personal abandonment and absolute trust, you better live it first. Yeah. <laughs> you got to step up, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you, better, you better believe it and, and practice it. Yeah. And we have in our, in our room here that we're recording this, which is our boardroom, on the wall, it has uh, written on a plaque, he who enters here enters this chamber must do so by personal abandonment and absolute trust. Yeah. And so we look at that every day and that is, we're comfortable with that. And after 20 years, we're comfortable with it. Yeah. But and that was over the inner chamber. If, if, uh -huh. if there's a listener doesn't know what we're talking about, mm -hmm. this is in your first book, Journey of the Inner Chamber, that we're, uh, there's this place that's waiting that God's inviting us into mm -hmm. this deeper relationship. But, you got to understand to get there, you got to have personal abandonment and absolute trust, and, yeah. which scares a lot of people away. Well, it does, but it's it's actually abandoning idols yeah. Yeah. of self-sufficiency or sufficiency in other people right, or other things. Yeah. And once we begin to let those things fall aside and look at the reality of that he is the treasure of the universe, yeah, uh, then we step into that uh, consecration of our life. Now, that's when it really starts happening, though. It, it doesn't end there. That's when it really starts beginning there Yeah, in our in our Christian walk. I mean, that is the entry level to something really, really good oh, yeah. for the rest of our life. That's right. That's uh, You see the light, and then now the light doesn't ever leave you. The light's there, mm -hmm. and, and he's guiding you from now on. You, know, you, abide, in, you abide with the light, in the light. Uh, mm -hmm. He illuminates our life. He illuminates our wisdom. He gives us wisdom. He gives us the fruit of his spirit. He gives us opportunities. Now, the reason why I wrote Compelled by Grace was because I feel like that there was more influence of this humble man called Gabe that needed to be revealed. Yeah. And there are different characters in the in the in the book, and there are different instances where those characters surfaced and in the part they played. 
But it always comes back to that one thing, and that is a man who abides in Christ was able to impact the, the people of that valley in a way that it created a legacy that would continue on and on and on after Gabe was dead. Yeah. And that's what Jesus said. I want you to bear fruit, a fruit that will remain. And he all, it is translated a fruit that will abide. You abide and bear fruit that will abide. Yeah. It will continue. That's right. Well, you know, we only have a couple more minutes left, but I I was thinking, Rocky, there's there's probably somebody listening today, a guy or a girl, that is in the darkness. Their face they feel like they're facing evil right yeah. now. Whatever it may look like, I don't know. Would you say a prayer? for the, that person, whoever sure. that is. And I got to believe there's somebody out there who needs, needs some encouragement, needs just to know that God's going to come through and that his light is still available. I just want you to pray for them right sure. now. Sure. Well, it's said that darkness is uh, in the uh, early part of the morning, but it's only a short few minutes or an hour away that dawn comes and then darkness flees. And I think that there are a lot of people nowadays that are living within that dark cycle uh, in their life where things just are just so discouraging. They're discouraged by the news. They're discouraged by uh, the violence. They're discouraged by the negativity. They're, di they're discouraged. And, and, and a lot of that discouragement, no doubt, is because they do have their eyes fixed on discouragement, fixed on darkness, fixed on things that are creating havoc in their life. And I would pray for them to change their point of view. Uh, I'm reminded of the wonderful scripture that says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but we have our eyes on you. Yeah. And I think that this is a is what I would say is that maybe they don't know what to do, but if they could get their eyes upon you, then you will begin to illuminate the situation. That is the hope that you give us, Lord, is that when light comes, darkness flees. And when light comes into our life, darkness flees. When light comes into our dark perspectives about the world or about our own life, light forces darkness to leave. Mm. And I would pray, Father, that they would embrace light. I pray they would seek it. I pray that they would seek illumination by you. I pray that they will wait for it, that they will not try to take matters in their own hands. And, and many times in darkness, we make blind mistakes. And we cause damage. I pray that they will wait. Wait on the Lord and allow you to come and reveal your divine illumination around them, in them, and for them. Uh, we appeal to you as our Father, knowing that your children need to ask of you things like this often. And you invite us to come boldly and do so. And we're grateful. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, um, the Prince of Peace, the Living Water, the Light Giver, that I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rocky. 
Well, uh, next week we're going to wrap up this uh, series on Compelled by Grace by uh, talking about the last secret, the secret of abiding in Christ. And so we'll we'll do that next week. Uh, so if anybody out there uh, is listening and you've never been through the journey process, we would love to have a chance to walk alongside you in a journey group and help you uh, understand what it means to abide in Christ. And so you can uh, go to our website, influencers.org, and uh, there's a contact form you can just fill out and uh, we'll get back in touch with you and help you get plugged in either to a group where you live or uh, maybe over in a virtual group if you're in a new city. But uh, this is the time that a lot of groups are starting here in the fall. So it's a great time to jump into a journey group if you haven't already done it. And if, you, if you've led a group in the past, I mean, or gone through a group, but you've never led one, uh, I'd ask you to pray about other people in your world who need to find out about abiding in Christ and, and you're the person to help them find it. So uh, pray about guiding a group. So And we'll help you with mentoring and everything you need to, to guide a group as well. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, uh, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. This has been the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.